Uncommon Commons is a horror anthology podcast written and recorded by George Plank and Alex Vitale. Content warnings can be found in the episode description. Today's story is 24-Hour Convenience, written by George Plank. Baby, it's just a power drill. Oh, is that all? Yep. Now this is a THX-77 with built-in rotoscope. It has seven bits. I don't even have that many bits. And it rotates clockwise, counterclockwise, anti-clockwise, and clock dumb. Why are you telling me all this? Because you're going to need to know it if you're going to sell it. Sell it? In my brand new hardware store. Did you enjoy your trip? Why would you bring that into this house? My hacksaw was getting dull, and I thought the other tenants might have the same issue, and you know how I love capitalizing on other people's issues, so I figured why not? Where do I begin? Hardware stores are dens of iniquity, depravity, and I don't like them, okay? Whoa, I had no idea. When did you learn the word inequity? When, when you... When, uh, when you, uh, when? Okay, okay, calm down. Easy, boy, easy. Shh, it'll all be over soon. So, you're not going to open a hardware store? (laughs) Oh, no, I am absolutely going to open the hardware store. I'm just going to help you get over your fears first. How are you going to do that? Immersion therapy. Ah! Oh, uh, the mail's here. Uh, Looks like we'll have to put it off until later. Hmm. That tracks. Russell stared through the windshield of his car. Not at anything in particular. He just... He stared because it was something to do that didn't involve going into Herbert's. The bright reds and greens from the sign in the parking lot bled through the dark of night and streaked against Russ's work polo. Russ pulled at the corners of his eyes and let out a long sigh. Normally at this time of night, he would be gearing up for a long night of watching videos in bed until his phone would fall out of his hand onto his face. But not tonight. Tonight, he would be behind the counter at Herbert's from 11 to 6. Oh, why did he put himself through these things? Oh, right. The concert. Russ and his friends had been fans of a little band called the Examination Mandate for years now. Five years ago, they did a basement show for a crowd of 12 people. But after just one of their music videos went viral, they suddenly started selling out concert halls and minor league arenas. This was the first time in a while that Russ had even been able to afford one of their shows. It took a bit of convincing, but Russ was able to talk Sheila into swapping with him. He would get the Saturday of the show, and in exchange, he would be doing... this. So far, he had completely avoided having to work a night shift, and he would have been keen to keep it that way. Not because he thought it might be particularly dangerous or scary. By all accounts, the location was relatively remote. It's just that it was going to be mind-numbingly boring. This location was one of the few Herberts in the county without a single gas pump. Not to mention they weren't on a road anywhere near the main highway. Russ snapped out of his disassociative state. 
While he was deep in his own thoughts, he failed to notice that Sheila was making stupid faces at him through the window of the store. Suddenly, very aware that he was the only person in the parking lot, and unaware of just how long he had been sitting there, he quickly unfastened his seatbelt and stepped out of the car. The doors to Herbert slid open with a light mechanical whoosh that was paired with a tone that played whenever someone entered the store. Russ stepped inside and the doors closed behind him. He looked around the store before letting out a light yawn. Mm. Aw, big yawn! <laughs> Sheila chuckled. I'm sorry. Am I ruining your beauty sleep? No, I just, uh... Russ wanted nothing more than to make a quick and witty retort, but the always-on halogen light seemed to sap away any cleverness that he had left. Good one, Sheila said dryly. Sorry, I guess my rhythm's just a bit off. Thanks for trading with me, by the way. Yeah, no big. Besides, I miss the daylight. Is it true that there are birds other than owls? Ha ha. Russ was only 90% certain that Sheila was joking. Seriously, though, is this your first time working nights? Yeah. What should I expect? Oh-ho! Sheila hunched over, clearly trying to look more foreboding, but succeeding only in looking like she should be locked in a bell tower somewhere. Prepare yourself for a night of unfathomable boredom. She straightened herself up and postured herself as if she was leading a business seminar. But seriously, it's going to be so boring. There's a reason why they only have one of us in here at a time at night. Someone, a long time ago, probably Wesley R. Herbert himself, decided that all Herberts had to be open 24 hours a day. The only problem that they failed to consider was that no one is going to a regional chain of convenience stores at 2 in the morning. So, what, I'm just supposed to sit behind the counter twiddling my thumbs all night? That's the idea. Personally, I like to play solitaire. If you really wanted to, you could be a protective member of the team. Do inventory, restock the shelves, clean a little. But honestly, no one's going to care. The opening staff just assume that the night shift doesn't do anything. And everything you do will be between you and the fake surveillance camera we have for insurance purposes. Russ could vaguely remember an argument that was held in the manager's office about the state of the cameras. One time they had been robbed, and they didn't have any footage of the culprit. All they had to go on was a crude sketch that was done by the poor high schooler who had been behind the counter that day. For all their trouble, they got their sketch put on the mini-fridge in the break room, and a lifetime of trauma. The manager's case was that the fake cameras discouraged other people from trying to steal from the store, and it's because of those fake cameras that they haven't been robbed even more than they already have. Even if Russ knew that the cameras were fakes, most of the time he still couldn't shake the feeling that he was being watched. Well, I'm off. Sheila grabbed her sweater off the chair and headed towards the door. Don't burn the store down until I'm gone for at least an hour. I need plausible deniability, and my girlfriend is watching me like a hawk after the last incident. Russ said nothing. There was no point in trying to keep up with her. Better just to sit back and wait for her to tire herself out. Her car pulled out of the parking lot and drove down the unlit road. Now it was just him, the soft yet familiar tunes coming from the speakers, and the hum from the halogen lights. For the first time since he started this job, he felt completely alone. He put his hands on his hips and looked around for a moment, taking stock of what needed to be done. In his mind, he created a list of all the things he would try to get done before the night was done. It was true the morning crew believed that the night shift just sat around and did nothing at night. Not on his watch. He grabbed a mop and bucket from the back room and began to clean a reddish-green puddle that was forming underneath the icy cold beverage machine. He plunged the mop into the soapy water, stirring up bubbles as the individual segments of mop swirled around in the bucket. The mop left the water clean and returned to the water red and sticky. The water went from clear to a muddy brownish-yellow, 
and in return the stain on the floor became paler and paler in comparison. The door chime rang through the store. Russell looked up from the mop towards the door. Welcome to... There was no one there. The door slid closed. Russ craned his neck, looking for whoever might have entered the store, listening for footsteps, shuffle of goods, anything at all, anything that would indicate another person. But there was no one. He propped the mop up against the machine and quickly scanned the aisles, and there was nothing in the parking lot save for Russ's own car. He had seen a lot on this job, but that wasn't going to stop him from being paranoid. After a minute or two of searching, Russ shrugged it off and went back to the mop and bucket. He made quick work of the stain and then moved on to the next thing in his mental checklist. The candies and snack foods near the counter occasionally need to be checked and brought forward so the customer always has something close to satisfy their dark snack passenger. He was kneeling down, pulling chocolate bars from the back of the shelf forward when... The door opened again. Again, there was no one there, just an empty parking lot and a seemingly empty store. Russ just stared at the door for a moment or two before it closed again. He rose to his feet and moved slowly towards the door. In the event of emergencies, the door could be pried open, but other than that, the door primarily opens based on movement and proximity. Russ inched closer and closer to the door until eventually it slid open, and the familiar tone played again. Somewhere in a nearby field, crickets chirped loudly, and an owl scooped up a small mammal from the road. Nothing that would make the doors open on their own. <coughs> Russ turned around to find the source of the light cough. An older gentleman holding a pack of cotton balls stood by the counter. Russ could have sworn there was no one in the store, but that didn't matter now. His customer service instincts took over, and he hurried behind the counter and started ringing the man up. Find everything all right? Just fine. Where's Sheila? Oh, she took the night off. Russ could see the man much clearer now. His face wasn't by any means gaunt, but he had very prominent cheekbones with a bit of gray stubble. His thin rectangular glasses hung loosely from his ears, far below the bridge of his nose. Russ thought that even the slightest breeze might blow them off. The man wore a rust-red cardigan and a pair of slip-on boat shoes. He paid with exact change, mostly coins with a few crumpled bills. As he separated out the coinage, Russ glanced over at the parking lot. It was still just his car out front. He turned back to the man and handed him his cotton balls in a plastic bag that said, Herbert's in big block letters. I didn't catch your name. Oh, I'm Russell. Russell. All right. With that, the man turned and walked out the door. In his head, Russ counted to five before walking to the window. He watched as the man walked out of the parking lot and just continued down the road until he was completely enveloped in darkness. Russ walked back towards the counter, but not before checking every aisle for any more customers. He finished with the impulse buys before he moved back behind the counter and took a seat. It would be hours before the van delivering newspapers would stop by, so the ones by the counter were still the most relevant. Yesterday must have been a slow day for news. The cover story was about the pizza shop down the road and its new management. Some small story space was given to a hiker who claimed to see some strange creatures on the edge of some cliffs. Russ never was interested in the main headline news anyway. He flipped to the arts and entertainment segment to be greeted with a picture of the lead singer from the examination mandate staring back at him from an ad for the upcoming leg of their tour. Soon, Russ whispered to himself before flipping to the funny pages. He was fully engrossed in the ongoing adventures of his favorite orange cat when he heard the door chime. The door slid open and closed. And again, it opened and closed over and over again. Each time, the chime played, seemingly louder each time. Russ got up from his seat and walked over to the door. 
The door, sensing his proximity, slid open and stayed open as he stood in the frame and looked around. Again, there was no one in the parking lot, and he didn't see anyone into the store. He backed away slowly, and the door closed shut. He stared at it for another couple seconds, waiting for it to start opening and closing again. The door stared back, unmoving. He heard a sound coming from the snack shelf behind him and spun around. Maybe it's rats or mice or something like that, he thought. Another store in the region got closed for a week because of something like that. He inched forward and peeked around the corner, prepared to see a ringed tail or a ball of hair darting between the chips. What he saw instead he didn't have a name for. Whatever it was stood in the middle of the snack aisle on two legs. Around its wrists and ankles were a ring of brown feathers. Its head was impossibly round and yet gaunt, like its skin was vacuum-sealed to its skull. Its eyes were recessed improbably deep in its face. He was too busy trying to make sense of what he was seeing that he didn't realize that his feet were carrying him closer to the creature. His shoes squeaked. The creature's head perked up, and it turned to Russ. Face to face and eye to eye, Russell could see every line and pore in the creature's face. A loud crack from the creature's jaw as it stretched its mouth to open wide. Russ could see several rows of yellowed teeth that more closely resembled a quarry of stones. Uh, how much is this? The creature held a large bag of chips in its three talon-like fingers. Uh, 425? The panic, confusion, and curiosity all canceled each other out in his mind, and all he had left was customer service. Uh. The creature turned and replaced the bag back on the shelf and grabbed a store brand instead. When it turned back, its appearance was much more human-like. Russ could see that it was wearing an all-too-loose shirt for the examination mandate. A little disheveled, perhaps, but much more palatable. Russ heard some more shuffling coming from all around the store. Dozens of other creatures, some standing on two or more legs, others without legs at all, populated the aisles. A small line was already forming at the register. Excuse me, Russ said to the creature with chips before darting back to the counter. Find everything all right? Thank you for shopping at Herbert's. The night inched on and more beings with non-human features entered and left the store. As with all things in retail, Russ quickly and quietly accepted this new reality, only moderately shocked by the number of them that had a rewards card. They all paid with cash, mostly coins, but a handful of crumpled bills, most of which were covered with just a little bit of dirt. The last of them left just as the first rays of sunlight were starting to crest over the hills. Less than a minute later, two cars pulled into the parking lot. Two people wearing red and green polos made their way to the door. Oh, hey, Russ. I didn't know you worked nights. Russ said nothing. He just quietly clocked out and headed to the exit. Hey, are we still good for the concert on Saturday? He gave the briefest of thumbs up before climbing in his car and driving away. What do you think that was about? I have no idea. Terry looked around the store. There were large gaps in the inventory and all new stains on the floor. <laughs> no wonder he was in such a hurry to leave. I'm telling you, my guy. Night shift doesn't do anything. All right, back to it. <laughs> oh, I guess we'll have to postpone this therapy session for later. <laughs> nope. We're just going to have to up the dosage. Where did you get that? Employee discount. Uncommon Commons is a podcast. It is written and recorded by George Plank and Alex Vitale, and the theme song is composed by Charles Adam Robinson. Our logo is designed by Sam Vitale. Our social media manager is Rebecca Tewksbury. 
Email us directly at zeronullstreet at gmail.com. Visit our socials or support us on Patreon in the link tree listed in the description below. Rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Uncommon Comments will return on September 6th. Stay, and remember, nothing is real. <laughs>